masculinity is in crisis. One side of society insists that we're all toxic by definition, while the other half is telling us to pick up our rifles and take back our masculinity by force. There's got to be a better way, right? If you think so, you've come to the right place. Innovating masculinity is all about finding a better way for men to be in the modern age. So if you're interested in the future of men, masculinity, or humanity, sit back and listen in as we begin the journey of innovating masculinity. All right, welcome back to today's episode of Innovating Masculinity. We're going to be talking about, uh, in my opinion, what is one of you know the scariest, worst, uh, shittiest feelings that you can you can have as a human being. Uh, I will do anything to avoid this emotion if I can, uh, and I have done many many things to avoid feeling this emotion. Uh, but it always finds its way back, and sometimes the more you avoid it the more that it bites you uh, later down the line. And this emotion that I'm speaking about is shame. And one of my most shameful experiences was after one of my birthdays uh, in college over winter break, I spent the night getting, getting hammered nearly fighting somebody, falling down the stairs. Uh, I woke, waking up really in a daze with very little memory of how I actually got home. And on top of, you know, the massive hangover uh, and seething body ache that I was obviously feeling as I'm sort of blinking myself awake in the morning, uh, my mom was banging on the door of my room asking for the keys to her car. Of course, uh, you know, my body jolted, jolted awake trying to find the keys, but they weren't there. And neither was the car because I had crashed it into a curb earlier that night and had it towed so that I could still... <laughs> Uh, go out with my friends that night. And of course, I forgot to tell my mother of these uh, events that had taken place. <laughs> and I was scared that I might be in trouble. But the real pain I think that I was experiencing came from the fact that there was no one to blame but me. I was the only one responsible for crashing the car, not telling my mom, and instead just going and you know, getting shit-faced with my friends. And this feeling of inescapable self-disappointment is shame. For me, and for many men in general, we often feel shame uh, for hurting other people, which is something that, you know, men tend to do a lot. We account for, I, I believe it's upwards of 75% of, of, of violent crimes, uh, most of the, the sexual violence that takes place, a lot of the violence, unfortunately, is caused by men. And I think that there's you know, some structural reasons for that, but it's something that a lot of us do. And it's usually to the people that are closest to us. And if you believe that emotions are the currency of the body, and I do believe that. It makes sense that when we hurt other people, we get a shitty feeling 
like shame in return. So emotions are the currency. If you hurt someone of someone else, your body is going to pay you back with a shitty feeling. The body is trying to tell the mind, hey, it's time to pay up for, for your sins. Don't do that shit again, bro. Don't do that shit. In the sort of short, temporary emotional transactions, shame is great because it restores balance to you know, your mind and body. Because you can't just go around hurting, hurting other people and not pay a price. However, as with many shitty things in life, our body seems to have this built-in loophole that allows people to cause harm to others and actually circumvent the process of shame and circumvent the uh, the emotional transaction that takes place when we experience shame. And this loophole is an emotion, just like shame, it's an emotion that cleanses us of our feelings of shame. But it also wipes out any of the learning or the growth that might come from recognizing our mistake. In the long run, it's sinister, but in the short term, this emotion feels pretty blissful. And this emotion is called entitlement. To take a deeper look at entitlement, uh, let's go back to the car crash story that I was telling you about after my birthday. The old bir birthday crash. <clears throat> nah, that was, uh, <laughs> that might not have been it, <laughs> but I'm going with it. I'm going with it. Uh, after, so after my mom realized what I'd done, she sounded, you know, she, she was pissed and she wasn't sure how she's going to get to work. And I was feeling the shame start to tighten around my chest and constrict me like a, like a, you know, like one of those anacondas kind of wrapping around you and, you know, choking you out almost. And it was getting to the point where I felt like I could, I could barely breathe. Honestly, I was, I was you know, getting short of breath. My mind was starting to race. I was searching for any way to fix the situation. But since there was no f physical action that I could take, I mean, the car, the car was fucked and there was, it wasn't getting fixed in the next 10 minutes. Uh, I, I chose instead to employ entitlement. I told myself, you know, it was my birthday. I can have a little fun. Who cares if she can't drive her car? Like we have another one. She can we have another car she can drive. I was having a good time. What was I supposed to do? Call her and come home while all my friends, you know, waited for me to come out on my birthday? Slowly the excuses started piling up and they blocked out the shame that shed a light on my own mistakes. And you can see from that, from that inner dialogue right there, I mean it's it sounds ridiculous when I say it now. But when you're feeling entitled, you really don't see the ridiculousness. You just see, you just see a quick fix to a problem. So instead of facing my fuck up, I chose to turn a blind eye. And I chose to allow myself to feel more important than my own mom and the stuff that she has to deal with on a daily basis. And this connection between shame and entitlement, the way you can use entitlement to sidestep the feelings of shame is one that I've relied on to make me feel better about hurting people many times in my life. And like I said in the beginning, 
no one wants to feel shame. Like I'll do a lot of things to avoid it. And some people avoid it by not doing bad things. However, when you're a drunk college student, drunk young college male uh, with a huge ego, low self-control, and a whole lot of anger and rage issues, uh, it's hard to avoid doing bad shit, you know? So the entitlement keeps us on the path, the path to destruction and detachment, emotional detachment. And we young men often use entitlement to detach ourselves from our own mistakes. It's easier to feel arrogant than it is to feel responsible. And it's easier to fix things in the short term than invest wisely in the long term. And therein really lies the root of the problem. It is my belief, and I think it's a lot of people's belief, it's very clear that our society favors the moment more than the investment. It, it favors the feel-good remedies more than the long-term commitment to something better. And that's what entitlement does, is it is the short-term fix. It is the, I want to feel better about it right now, so I'm going to act like I'm better than people instead of saying, ah, damn, dude, I messed up. But I can be better because that takes longer. Okay, so, you know, it's society's fault. That's hardly a solution. I, I really hate that argument as a, as a solution to anything because it's not a solution. It's kind of just a complaint. So the next question we have to ask ourselves is what is the solution to the problem of this connection between shame and entitlement? Well, I mean, the first step might be trying to avoid scenarios that have caused you shame in the past. And I'm talking here about justified shame. So like if you've hurt other people in the past and you felt shame for it, maybe take a look at, you know, take stock of the 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 behaviors and the patterns and the beliefs that brought you to do those things. For me, I, I had to take a look at my relationship with drugs and alcohol. I do not drink as much anymore. I usually drink one to two drinks, maybe two or three nights a week, and I don't really do uh, the hard stuff anymore. I've changed you know, my relationship to alcohol to just kind of be something that uh, contributes to my experience as opposed to it being the experience. And that relationship has led to a lot of positive outcomes. I no longer use alcohol to make sure that I'm good to go to go out. I no longer use alcohol really at all to get over any sort of scenario. If I ever drink now, it's just because I'm like, you know what? I think a drink would be nice right now. It would make this this good experience a little bit better, but it is not like a necessity for me to have six drinks right now just so I can have a little bit of fun. Now, you don't have to give up drinking. I'm not saying that, especially if it's not the source of your problems like it was for me. And it wasn't the source of my problems necessarily, but it was causing a lot of them. And it was a very quick, you know, thing that I could just be like, okay, I need to turn this down. But Really, you just need to take a look at the things in your life that are constantly making you feel like you're hurting other people and find a way to replace those habits and behaviors with something more generative, 
uh, something maybe something generous, something that's like giving to other people. And, you know, that that sort of taking stock of where you're at, that's a great preventative measure. But what if you're already experiencing a shame, a shame attack, for lack of a better word of it, uh, like I was feeling after the car crash on my birthday, when it's just sort of constricting you, and you're like, oh, shit, can't move, feels like you can't breathe. Well, you're probably not going to like the answer, but the truth is that you're going to have to accept your shame. Your shame is an emotional signal that the mistake you just made is one that you never want to make again, right? That's what it is. It's a signal. It's a signal from your body to your mind telling you don't do this again. So if you're feeling that deep sense of shame and you look at what you've done and you analyze it and you realize, ah, man, I messed up. Got to accept it. Got to accept it. Now, accept it, it's not really, it's not really a process. It's kind of it's like, what does that mean? And I want to get into what that means uh, in the next episode. I want to make this a two-parter, so I'm kind of leaving you guys on a slight cliffhanger here. But in the next episode, I want to get into how do we actually accept that shame? What is the process? What does that look like? Uh, and how does accepting things uh, actually make things any better? Because it just it kind of sounds passive uh, the way that I phrased it. But trust me, there is a very specific process that I follow that you can follow uh, and that you can make tweaks to that really will help you use shame as a resource, as a as as like I said, as a signal that there are things in your life that you can improve. And if you can have that relationship where you see the shame as something as a signal to be better, dude. You're going to start making great leaps forward. So I'm excited to see you all on the next episode of Innovating Masculinity, that part two about shame and entitlement.